Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Daniel McAdams, McAdams our co-host. Daniel, good Happy to see Thursday, you. Dr. Paul. Well, good, good to be here today. Yeah, yeah. So, what are we going to talk about today? Uh, you know, the president's in the news a lot, yeah. and uh, he's always looking for good news and sympathy, maybe. Yeah, maybe. So now, now they're hinting that he really is sick. Yeah. Because uh, he must get a lot of tests to find out if he's ever going to come down with COVID because he wants to be the poster boy for having had the shots, did his duties, had the the vaccines and all the boosters and show that I'm safe and secure. So just like a week ago or less than a week ago, he had a test and he was negative. Uh I don't know why he got another one so quick. I don't know how often they do tests. But all of a sudden, we have the announcement yesterday that uh, he's positive. Yeah. He's positive, so he's uh, quarantining himself. He's, he's feeling good, and uh, I'm sure he's, he's very pleased that he had had the shots. Otherwise, he'd be a lot sicker, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. so we have to be grateful for that. But uh, there, there should be a little bit of, uh, you know, objectivity learned from this uh, because there was a lot of reasons why they gave so many booster shots, which are now proven not to work so well. They yeah. didn't work for uh, Pelosi. They didn't work for him. And they're top-notch people. They have first-class services. Yeah. So they, they had to go along and they get it and look at where, look at where they are. Uh, they, they have the disease. So um, people, people are, uh, you know, not as frightened. We had talked about this the other day, and people, people just sort of almost ignoring it. You know, they're trying to panic everybody. Uh, one branch is saying it's bad, it's bad. Put your masks back on, and the others are, uh, you know, arguing a little bit. So, so that's good. Before they just blindly do that, what they did two years ago—that that was bad—and and, and uh, there's a uh, remnant of that that exists around. <laughs> you still see people in the most safe places in the world, generally speaking, on TV, and there'll be one or two of them will still have their masks on, yeah. like they're going to protect themselves. But um, this has caught the attention of the American people. But uh, what I hope it does is call attention to sorting this out. What was true when it, when they were telling everybody they had to have it, and if if there's something to this of giving shots and there's complications, why are we not hearing a little bit more discussion on why they shouldn't have spent these billions of dollars on more vaccines for kids under five years yeah. of age? I mean, they're just the, the officials are not changing their minds, even though right now the people are. Yeah. Well, and we're in no way taking pleasure in the fact that the president apparently has COVID. And in fact, we hope he gets well. I saw Senator Paul just tweeted, we hope he gets well. And that's, of course, the case. We don't want anyone to get sick. But at the same time, we have to we have to remember what's been said and what was done and what was done to the, to the United States uh, by these people. And we see Biden is quad faxed and he's got COVID just last week, I think it was. Or no, it's been a month ago. Fauci quad vaxxed. He was sick for a month and, you know, said, well, good thing I got the vax. So it's uh, it's it's happening over and over. Pelosi, as you point out, vax, 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 sick, sick, sick. So let's remember just a year ago today, Dr. Paul, the president came with some advice. Let's put this up because we can't let it be forgotten when he was hectoring and pestering and wanting Americans to get fired for not taking it. Let's hear what. Uh, Let's full screen that and hear what he had to say. 
you're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Yeah. You're okay. You're not going to you're not going to get COVID if you have. to loop the whole show, right? You know what? That was medical advice, wasn't it? See, practicing medicine without a license. There you go. And then here's the next one when he was hectoring people just earlier this year, trying. You know, and this is when people. It's it's not funny because people were getting fired. They lost their their livelihoods. Some of them lost their lives. And here's him hectoring people earlier this year about it. There's no excuse. No excuse for anyone being unvaccinated. This continues to be a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So we got to make more progress. It's a pandemic of the unvaccinated. That was also untrue. Yeah. Matter of fact, the opposite is true. The the ones that have not been vaccinated are doing quite well. It's a pandemic of the people who have gotten booster shots. It seems to be. I think what they have to sort out yet, though, is uh, they talk a lot about the boosters. It seems like there's some immediate complications and it's becoming better known about boosters. But I don't think that means that it isn't involved with the vaccine itself. Maybe the stage in the immune system is set, you know, with the vaccine, and then you add on a booster, and it might be a combination of it. But anyway, they know that they're identifying this, but they're not willing to believe it. I mean, they turn it around, they flip it around, they say, you know, yeah, I'm so grateful I had those shots. Yeah. And, and, and they show pictures of people getting deathly ill, yeah. you know, from getting some of these shots. And then they say, and then they turn around and say, oh, yeah, these are wonderful things. And, and you're unpatriotic if you don't take your shots. And, yeah. and we'll quarantine you for the rest of your life if you don't behave. And they just should remember, this is the narrative they put out and they were wrong. You know, when Walensky said, uh, you're, uh, these shots no longer prevent transmission or infection, you know, then it's no longer a vaccine just by definition. Uh, and in fact, I, was, I think I mentioned it to you, Dr. Paul, that, um, uh, that the, uh, Djokovic, the, the tennis star, the Wimbledon star, the greatest tennis player probably of all time, was denied entry into the U.S. to play in the U.S. Open because he refused a vaccine. This just happened yesterday. He was denied entry in the U.S. So anyway, let's go to this first clip because this is from our friend Jordan Schachtel, and he's been so good this whole time on uh, on the COVID, and this is it's a great little quip. He said, Boven, uh, "Biden got COVID despite being quad Pfizer vaxxed, so now they're putting him on the Pfizer pills." LOL, because that's what they're doing. So, so his point, yeah. and it's very funny. He's had four shots of the Pfizer thing, and it didn't work, and now they got him on these Pfizer pills. So. <laughs> You got to take care of Pfizer. Yeah, yeah, take care <laughs> of Pfizer. To help them. <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, this, this whole thing about uh, how they manage this thing and, uh, and, uh, uh, and how they have lack of concern for any civil liberties whatsoever. Yeah. And they may make these mistakes and uh, it, it doesn't matter. Just go do it. These are, we're in charge. No matter how many mistakes they make, you know, so this whole, this whole idea that the government is there to protect our civil liberties, and right now they so often are the culprits, uh, the ones who are violating our civil liberties, uh, not only during the COVID episode, but what about when we have uh, uh, abuse of the journalists, yeah. you know, and do all kinds of things. And sometimes, uh, you know, yes, we, we won't let the tennis player come in. And that has to be 
insane and just deliberate and try to even destroy the good things that can come from sports, yeah. you yeah. know, to, to do this. So that, that, is, that is, such, is such a tragedy that uh, people, people can't see exactly what they're doing. I, I, I find it rather sad. Well, I think if the history books in the future do reflect accurately on what's happened the last two years, I think this the sad final chapter of this horrible, horrible two-year COVID thing is going to be Biden, despite everything he's done, coming down with, with the virus. Um, now, you mentioned booster shots. This is something that we noticed on Town Hall, uh, and it mentions some, uh, a new study in The Lancet. Let's put that up. The Lancet, of course, is a peer-reviewed medical journal with very highly respected admit a couple of mistakes we won't talk about those new medical study shows covid booster shots may be harmful to the immune system uh and that's just fascinating here's dr marty mccary who tweets about this new study if we can put this up and it's published in the national institutes for health uh publication uh and this is a quote from the nih response immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after the administration of two doses of covid vaccine was lower than among the unvaccinated, unvaccinated. So the people who are vaccinated had a lower immune function than the unvaccinated. Let's do a couple of quotes from this, Dr. Paul, just to key it up here. Let's do the next one. This is from the NIH uh, publication as well. Recently, The Lancet published a study on the effectiveness of COVID-19 vaccines and the waning of immunity with time. The study showed that immune function among vaccinated individuals eight months after administration of the doses was lower than among the unvaccinated. And here's the important part. According to European Medicines Agency recommendations, frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune response and may not be feasible. The NIH published in response to the study. And one more quick quote, Dr. Paul, from the same article. The decrease in immunity can be caused by several factors, such as things that I can't pronounce and I won't try, the spike protein, lipid nanoparticles, antibody-dependent enhancement, and original antigenic stimulus. These clinical alterations may explain the association reported between COVID-19 vaccination and shingles. And this is the important quote. As a safety measure, further booster vaccinations should be discontinued. An NIH summary of the study continues. And they go on to say organ damage, especially among the immunocompromised individuals, is also a concern. So now a lot of this stuff is finally coming out. You know, this is good. And sometimes if you were a cynic and thought we were living uh, in a society where you could actually have lawsuits against pharmaceutical companies. Oh, they're protecting themselves, they're protecting themselves. And they'll do this. So this puts more emphasis that they're just telling the truth because they're already protected. But what is a, that is a real tragedy. And we've talked about it quite a few times already. But the whole principle of being uh, immune from liability. Yeah. <clears throat> that's that's the real problem that they're facing. And, and it's written in law <clears throat> by the Congress. By the Congress, yeah. They're, they're the ones that are guilty. Uh, well, let's move on to a little bit of Ukraine news. And I think this next segment really is about competing narratives. Because on the one hand, we've got Pelosi. Let's put this up. She's mad at our Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. She's mad because... The State Department has the ability to designate a country as a, quote, terrorist state. Blinken has not done that with Russia yet. We can put up that next clip. This is from Politico. 
Pelosi to Blinken, label Russia as terrorist state or else Congress will. So if you don't label them officially as a terrorist state, and that would put them in the category of Cuba, North Korea, and Iran, if you don't do that, then we will. You know, when they first started using the word terrorist, and then they started throwing it around, you know, that was 9-11, and we would talk about, uh, you know, terrorism. And and, and many made the point, you know, that terrorism is... uh, you, you, you know, very, very hard to define, but it's a good tool because everybody hates the terrorists. The terrorists did this, yeah. and that's what they're doing because the label now is very, very significant, but, uh, you know, it, terrorism is, a, is a, you know, a tactic. It isn't an issue. It isn't a crime that you can label right now. It's a free-for-all. Yeah. And so this, this has big significance but uh, at the same time, it's not helping us out to figure this stuff out and uh, try to make things better. Well, if invading other countries and killing a bunch of people makes you a terrorist state, Pelosi better be careful because <laughs> her guys were in power during Libya and Syria, et cetera, et cetera. But the thing is, and, and Pelosi may not fully understand this, uh, but this, this is not just slinging mud. This is not just calling them dirty so-and-sos. It really has legal and technical meanings. Essentially what it does is close the door completely between any contact between the U.S. and Russia, not only for governments, it puts diplomacy completely off, uh, off the board, off the table, but it also will have a, a, um, an effect on individual contacts between individual Americans and individual Russians, individual Russian companies, etc., etc. So really, yes, it's saying a bad word about Russia, but it's also imposing restrictions on American citizens as to who they can contact, who they can have uh, relationships with, do business with, etc. Well, look how easy they can throw that term around for American citizens and American politicians, and they label them as terrorists, yeah. you know, and uh, committing treason. And uh, politically uh, and uh, demagogically, you know, it has an impact and yeah. it really hurts the people that they're making the accusations against. So we'll see, what, we'll see what happens with that. But one thing that's interesting, this is why we juxtapose these two stories, is because while Pelosi is cackling on about how we must name them terrorists, at the same time, NPR, which is a reliable uh, indicator of where the mainstream is going, you know, where the blob is, where the elites are thinking, they ran an Associated Press piece. And Associated Press is the exact same way. They reflect the dominant narrative that the government wants you to read. They put out an article today, and we can put that next one up, that is radically different than what we've been seeing. And this is <laughs> uh, actually July 20th, yesterday. Corruption concerns involving Ukraine are revived as the war with Russia drags on. And what I thought of immediately when I saw this before, I thought, okay, just like when you used to read Pravda in the Soviet Union, you've got to read between the lines. What are they really trying to signal here? They're trying to, to me at least, it seems like they're trying to find a way to get out of this mess they've gotten themselves into. And it reminds me of the thing that we always say about your opposition to the Iraq war from before it started. You know, five years later when everyone glommed onto that idea, uh, well, we never saw it coming that it was going to go so (laughs) bad. Nobody could have seen this coming. Nobody could have seen the inflation coming. Well, it's some people did, and this is the case. So the question here, Dr. Paul, is, why are now all of a sudden, this guy was Nobel Peace Prize winning, the hero of the world, now all of a sudden he's got a scowling face on an NPR Associated Press article talking about corruption. 
What do you think's going on here? Well, they're hiding behind uh, these stories uh, because they don't have any other answers now because they've been caught. They've been caught with their hand in the cookie jar, so yeah. to speak, politically speaking, and, and they have to now shift it to another scenario. But it also means that he's in a weaker posi a political position, I think. Yeah, and, and subject to who knows what, but $100 billion has been given to Ukraine. And we have, actually speaking of Shaq, we have a piece up from him today on the Ron Paul Institute website. $100 billion they've been given and they've announced that they're defaulting on their foreign debt. So <laughs> where's this money going, Zelensky? Come on, tell us the truth. So it's, um, it's fascinating to see, um, to speculate on whether Washington is trying to walk back a failed policy. And it's also interesting to follow how many Republicans now will start because we talked about this yesterday, how the American people, according to a new poll, are turning against Biden's Ukraine policy. They're having second thoughts about the idea of shoveling 60, tri 60 billion, trillion, zillion, whatever, $60 billion <laughs> to Ukraine while Americans can't afford gas. Uh, and the administration says, well, suck it up, get used to it, too bad. So while the, while the narratives are shifting, the American views are shifting, What's that going to do to the Republican Party and especially the hawks in the party? Well, <clears throat> and, and deep down inside, it's rather ironic because it's a power struggle because it's not a philosophic struggle. Yeah. You, you know yeah. that we're not all of a sudden going to be more secure around the world. We're not going to give up on our empire. We're not going to cut back on all the spending and the maneuvering. Uh, but... It, it is going to be political because the power struggle might be, uh, you know, the motivating factor. Of course, uh, there's a lot of money involved, too. And that's why uh, the, the deep state is a real, you, you know, issue because the deep state is uh, they're they're very bipartisan. You know? yeah. <laughs> they, they spend their money wisely. Uh, they bribe both sides of the aisle and, uh, and and they go along with it. So. But it's still, it's still worthwhile to shuffle the cards. You know, uh, even if you say they're not going to have one significant change, you know, come fall, if the election goes against the Democrats, that uh, the change in the personnel, I think, is good because just think of all the, all the lying and the abuse of the Justice Department, the FBI, the whole works. Uh, it means that, no, that corruption for us is not going to go away. Are we all of a sudden going to treat whistleblowers differently and say, oh, one party thinks that we should at least have some consideration for Assange? Is that going to happen? It's no. not, that's not going to happen. But they'll still fight tooth and nail uh, for, the, for the power. But on certain things, they're not going to have a contest between the uh, Republican candidate and the Democratic candidate and say, well, what's your position on whether or not we should check the books of the Federal Reserve and the <laughs> Pentagon and the CIA? Now, that would be a nice little job to do we every american would be all for this yeah. you know i was sort of making a pun there but i bet you there would be a lot of americans which check them all yeah. you know and find out where's all this money going because even the uh even the the propaganda the they get from foreign aid that serves as a as a political stunt but now you hear uh, hear words that you know, why are we sending money to Ukraine when we have people, uh, you know, can't pay for their pay, pay for their groceries at the yeah. store? So they're asking the right questions. 
But we have a ways to go to get them to understand exactly what has to be done. You know, they like to say that libertarians don't care about poor people. Oh, you just for the big business. Well, we're the only ones that have been talking about what this is doing to poor people. This excessive military spending, the government being in bed with corporations <coughs> is hurting the poor. We're the only ones that certainly not, you know, a lot of people on the left are talking about it. I'll tell you what, though, Dr. Paul, I would hate to be Zelensky right now because corruption charges being leveled against you. Well, that immediately preceded the murder of former U.S. puppets Noriega, Saddam, Gaddafi, etc. That's what's leveled before you, before the empire offs you. And I would not want to be him right now. Uh, and certainly, I hope nobody gets killed ever. But it's not a good thing to be a puppet of the U.S. because they can turn against you and things get ugly. Right. You know, you mentioned an important issue that poor people... I don't they get, they get a bum rap and we believe that we have some <clears throat> something to say in a positive way of why they they suffer the most and the the one thing is is they have not been able to separate and understand uh increase in prices the CPI uh the cost of living and they see this uh, you know as a manipulation for political reasons and special interests so therefore they say well, you know, you've messed it up for the poor people. Send them more money, which is exactly the, the wrong thing to do. And uh, the other thing that they do not understand, and they have to, because if they don't, we'll never get a change because this is going to break down. Then we have to convince people to go along with, you know, you know a different type of program uh, built around individual liberty. So they have to understand that when they go to the store, go to the gas station, if you don't have much uh, left over in your in your wallet, uh, you've just been taxed. It's yeah. it's a tax when they print the money, they devalue the currency, they give the money to the Ukrainians, and who knows who gets the money? But the American people don't. But who pays the tax? The tax goes on to the middle class, mostly, and the poor people, because yeah. their cost of living goes up. And and that it doesn't seem complicated, but they they don't want to believe that because this, there, there's two things: the authorities don't ever want to blame the Fed for anything. Yeah. They couldn't possibly be a participant in, in this fraud. And they, they, they just think that they, they can do this forever, which they cannot. And, uh, but if, you're gonna, if we or when we have reform, because reform, I hope it's very positive. When the reform comes, when this system just fails to function, uh, then it's going to be key for an understanding of uh, what happened. But, you know, I was doing a little reading on history recently, and, you know, the big changes throughout history, you know, whether it's the Enlightenment period and different periods, it, it doesn't happen like, like yeah. that. Hundreds of years to do it. And even the mess that we're involved now, the American empire and uh, the distortion and the destruction of the American uh, Republic, it's 100 years yeah. already they've been working on it to undermine what was supposedly built for us and delivered to us, you know, during our revolution. Yeah, it seems like it's accelerating. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I have a couple of closing things, Dr. Paul, um, if we're ready for that. And uh, that is, uh, again, a reminder. People are talking about it. <clears throat> we love our live chat people. And we want to let you know that starting on the 2nd of August, we are moving the live show to our good friends at Rumble. Talked to them yesterday. They were happy that we announced it. We're happy to be going there. Uh, we're happy to be in a free speech environment. We will still have the show again on YouTube. It'll just occur later in the day. And a lot of people aren't live, uh, live show watchers, and that's fine. 
get home later, you can watch it where you like. We prefer you to watch it at Rumble, but watch it where you like. So August 2nd, the big move to Rumble for the live show. And one final thing, I guess have to keep hitting this over and over. <coughs> we can do that last one. But we want to give <coughs> young people the opportunity. Uh, the Ron Paul Scholar Seminar. It's a little bit small, but you can see Thomas Massey there. He was there last year. He gave a great, great talk. He, he was very thought-provoking and also very funny. So we like to have some fun because that's, that's your rule, Dr. Paul. <laughs> but we also like to learn something. Go to ronpaulinstitute.org and apply now. The deadline is coming up. I think it's the 30th of July to apply. It's a one-day seminar, September 2nd. Boom, you're in and out. You go to the conference on September 3rd in Washington, D.C. Scholarships are there, uh, so you're not going to be out of pocket. So some great applications so far. Don't, don't get, uh, get left out of this. So, uh, and also thanks to all our viewers, and we hope to see you over on Rumble in a couple weeks. Very uh -huh. good. And I'm looking forward to our little conference and uh, with big ideas and uh, a lot of uh, friendships and a lot of serious talk as well as having fun. Uh, I have one question here is listening to the article comes in and says the embassy, but it's a good question. Why do we keep listening to TV generals on Ukraine? And which is, uh, you know, I, I think the generals and the military, uh, in spite of all the dumb things, because the average military person is a victim as much as anything. You know, I was in the military, but but, uh, but I wasn't to blame. I was a victim of, of the whole system and had to participate in the 1960s. So that, that comes along. But uh, why does it happen? Well, the, the propaganda by the military general is very, very powerful. And I imagine, I don't look at all the stations, but I look at a bunch. Almost every station has, a, has an expert. And I bet you, and I think you know about this kind of stuff, most of them work for a, 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 a military-industrial complex com companies. They, they, he, they're selling weapons, and they're selling uh, propaganda. And so the TV generals are, you know, very, very instrumental, and they've been around a long time. And, you know, they come across, uh, you know, they're for defense. They're never saying, you know, what we have to do is we have to participate on a coup. Let's get together with the CIA and the FBI and let's get rid of this government. Uh, let's assassinate this guy here and there. And uh, that's, uh, that's all kept quiet. But this comes across as very bipartisan. You know, when it's, when it's presented to the American people, the generals have the credibility. And I have to say, you know, that uh, uh, th there was a time in my life when I, you know, really thought, uh, the military was wow, was, you know, knowing what the military could do and did do in World War uh, World War Two. So it's uh, it's also something that, uh, in some ways, the uh, our former president, uh, Republican president, you know, had had these sympathies too and liked the military and uh, was sympathetic to uh, their efforts, but it was always couched in terms of defense. Matter of fact. I, I don't know this to be true, but I postulate that probably uh, uh, the uh, former president's tone has changed, and he probably is a little bit more skeptical of the military leaders and the advice you get. But it's always bipartisan. It's always national defense. It's always going to cost money, and they're very, very powerful. It's part, the control of that whole system is part of the deep state. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.